When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey everyone, welcome back. The only reason I'm doing this intro right now is I felt that I needed to explain that the last story is a little bit different than the rest. It's not exactly a creepy phone call story, more so being saved by a phone call. But I still went ahead and included it because it felt like it would do well with the video as a whole. Which reminds me, if you have a creepy phone call story, I would love to narrate it. Because this is a really cool topic that I don't do very often. So yeah, send your story at southerncannibal.com. Without any more further interruptions, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, to always, stay hungry. This chain of events started in the middle of December 2022. All names of the people involved are made up for privacy reasons. A little backstory. I'm a guy in my early 20s, and I was a manager at an ice cream parlor during this time. When I came back from Christmas leave, my boss had told me that someone had been calling the store, and that when only a female employee answers the phone, a man's on the other end jerking off and breathing heavily. He would also moan phrases like, Can you hear me? I want you to know that I'm masturbating for you. You sound so attractive. This was also happening on a constant basis. The caller ID was always unknown. My boss did report it to HR, and they did file a police report, but nothing ever came of it. That was only just the start. Like I mentioned before, he'll only engage if a female employee answers the phone. If a male answers the phone, the creep will immediately disconnect. I hadn't come across this creep until one morning when I opened the store. Note that I actually wasn't supposed to work that day. I was covering a shift for the other manager, Jackie, who called off sick. The store opens at 11 a.m. And on cue, the phone rang as soon as it hit 11. No caller ID. I answered and before I could even mutter out a single word. Raspy moans and whispers then came from the other end of the phone. The creep kept moaning and saying things like, You want it. I know you're there. And one that hit like a gut punch. I really missed you, Jackie. The creep knew an employee's name. Not just that, but that Jackie was the first to be victim to this creep's fucked up fantasies. Now, we don't say our names over the phone, 
meaning that he'd have to go to our store as a customer and look at our name tags that managers get. This creep really pissed me off, and so I yelled into the phone, Leave us the fuck alone! And I hung up. In hindsight, I shouldn't have provoked him. Later that week, I was closing, and I had two female employees with me, Alex and Haley. It was a slow night since it's mid-December, and not many people get ice cream when it's 16 degrees outside. I had told Haley that I'm going outside for a smoke, and to hold down the fort for the 10 minutes while I'm gone. The store is part of a small plaza connected to an eye clinic and a children's bakery. The alley is well lit with motion-activated lights, and there's also several down the alley by the dumpsters. I'm standing by the back door as I see a light activated and a man standing about 10 feet from the dumpsters. I put out my smoke and I head back inside, making sure to lock the back door. I want to note that I'm a 6'3 giant, so keep that in mind. After my smoke break, I mention the strange man to everyone as we finish closing. I set the alarm as we all then leave, making sure we're all stuck together. It was Haley, Alex, and I waiting for their respective rides to come when I turned the corner to the parking lot and I saw the same man from earlier. Before I could even react, he started to approach us. I immediately gave Haley my keys and I told her to lock her and Alex in my car, which they did. I loudly asked, Can I help you? He didn't respond, just kept walking. I then again spoke louder. Are we going to have a problem? He got about 15 feet away before I then shouted, Hey man, do you want to get shot? He stopped dead in his tracks, turned around, and then sprinted towards the street down a busy intersection. I sighed in relief because I didn't even have my firearm on me. It was a bluff. We never saw him again, and the phone calls finally stopped after that. To this day, we don't even know if it was the same guy who was calling us. I don't work there anymore. I actually left shortly after the spring started this past year. From then on, I always carry. I didn't carry before because that area was always a nice neighborhood. As for Alex and Haley, I always made sure that they got home safely. So this happened to me last summer. I work as a receptionist at a doctor's office and I had only been working there for about four months at the time. One day I get a call from someone with the caller ID, D. Smith. I pick it up and say, Hello, Dr. Ray's office. How can I help you? And then a deep, raspy old man's voice then says, Oh, my bad. Wrong number. And then hangs up. I didn't think anything of it until a couple of days later when I come into the office and I have a message on my machine from a D. Smith. It's the same raspy old man, and I listen to the message at least four times, but I can't understand what he's saying, so I delete it. Right when I pressed the delete button, however, something inside my head had clicked, and I had suddenly realized what he had said. What color panties are you wearing, little girl? I was pretty shocked, and I told my coworker about it. But because I had just deleted the message, I had no proof, and I wasn't even 100% sure I was right, so I kind of just laughed it off and forgot all about it. Well, about two weeks later, 
I get another call from D. Smith. I pick it up, and again he then says, Sorry, wrong number. Then he hangs up. At this point, I look up his name and number in my system just to confirm that he isn't a patient here, and he's not. A few minutes later, I see he's calling yet again, but I decide not to pick it up this time, and he leaves a message. I listen to the message, and again, it's a bit hard to make out what he's saying at first because his voice is so low and raspy, but after listening again, I can confirm what he said. I'm again shocked, especially that I was right about what he had said, and I also have my coworker listen to it this time as well. She is also shocked, but we both just kind of laugh it off, and we figure it's just some old creep who likes to leave the same messages on people's voicemails from time to time. So I go home for lunch, and I tell my parents all about the message, and they tell me to just forget about it unless it continues. I also tell my cousin to which she actually tells me to call the police and report him, but I didn't think that was necessary. However, when I return to work after lunch, I have a new message on my machine from D. Smith. I listened to it, and things got even creepier. He said, What color panties are you wearing, little girl? Come on, you can tell me. I'm Santa Claus. Santa really likes naughty little girls. At this point, I'm just like, what the fuck? My coworker listens, and we're both thoroughly very creeped out and unsure of what to do. I decide to look up his phone number on Google. It turns out he lives in the apartment building right across from my sister's, and I'm at my sister's at least a couple of times a week. I'm not sure if this is just a coincidence, but it definitely freaks me out. The phone then rings again, with another call from D. Smith. I definitely don't answer it, and he leaves another message. I don't even want to listen to it, but I do, and he then says something even more disturbing than before. I'm 13 years old, and my mom just walked in on me masturbating. She likes to watch me. What do you think about that? I like to watch you. I'm Santa Claus. I can see everything. I watch you through your mirrors every night getting undressed. I see your little titties. By the way, are you ever going to tell me what color panties you're wearing, little girl? I really want to know. I know. Completely fucked. It's at this point that my coworker and I decide that it's time to call the police. I call the non-emergency number and I talk to a lady who says an officer will come by the office. A couple of hours later... An officer comes in and listens to the messages. He then takes down D. Smith's name and number from the caller ID, and he says he'll give him a call, and then call me to let me know what happened. About an hour later, the officer calls me and he says that he talked to D. Smith. Apparently he's an old man who had recently had a stroke, so he gets confused sometimes, and he thought he was calling and leaving messages for his girlfriend. Now, whenever you leave a message on my machine, you have to listen to a 30-second recording of me saying, Hey, you've reached Dr. A's office, and I'm away from my desk at the moment. But if you please leave a message, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I'll also give our fax number, tell the patient to call 911, or go to the emergency room if they're having a medical emergency. 
So, yeah. I'm not really sure how he could have thought this was his girlfriend's answering machine. But I've never had a stroke, so who knows. The officer told him to stop calling my number, and D. Smith agreed. The officer also told me that his address being so close to my sister's was really just a coincidence. It's now been almost a year, and I haven't received another call from D. Smith. I don't really know if I exactly believe his story, but if he really did think he was leaving those messages for his girlfriend, still, they're really into some disturbing stuff. And if he did know that he was leaving those messages for me, I truly hope he never contacts me again. The story happened back in 2003 when I was 21. I'm a female, and I was working in a popular craft store in northeastern Pennsylvania. I normally worked in the office during the day counting money, taking care of the paperwork, etc. But sometimes I picked up additional shifts in the evening to make extra money. I was on a closing shift this particular evening, and I was excited to go out with coworkers after the store had closed. We were working together to sweep, straighten up, and take care of the few customers stopping into the store before we closed. I was in the floral section cleaning and making sure everything was in place. After about 10 minutes of straightening things up, I was approached by an attractive looking guy who came over to flirt with me. I was single at the time, so I didn't really mind the attention. We chatted for a few minutes while I continued to fix the flowers. He asked what I was doing later on, and if he could have my number. After work, I was headed out to the bar, so I thought it might be fun to invite him along with us. Now remember, this happened long before people would use social media to communicate or look up profiles. Being young and naive, I often gave out my number to guys that I had just met or was interested in. But this evening, I would soon regret that decision. I scribbled my number on a scrap piece of paper and handed it to him. I explained that I would be meeting up with my friends later on and that he was welcome to join us. We said our goodbyes and he walked away. After another minute or so, I was finished working in floral and I had started to head towards the front of the store. We'd be locking up the store in a few minutes and I went to see what else needed to be done. As I walked past the cake decorating section towards the registers, I noticed the same guy I had spoken with. He walked up to another man who was much older and had a very creepy appearance. He had spoke a few words and then handed him the paper with my phone number on it. I was in absolute horror as I stared into his deep piercing and almost black eyes. He looked at me and gave me a slightly satisfied smile as he then stared back in the most evil way. Fear crept over my entire body. I was so overwhelmed with feelings that I felt sick and I thought I'd pass out. I ran to the office and fumbled for the keys. After a couple of seconds that truly felt like hours, I was able to open the door and then run inside. I opened the second door to the cash office and slumped down to the floor. I had never felt that uneasy in my entire life from just looking at someone. After about a minute or so, I gathered myself and decided to go back out into the store to confront the men. As I unlocked the cash office door and proceeded into the main office, I noticed them leaving the store together. 
We closed the store after a few minutes and finished our nightly routine. After punching out and exiting the building, my friends and I had plans to head home to change and then meet back up at our favorite bar. I walked to my car very slowly and really paid attention to my surroundings. I couldn't help but feel like I was being watched or stalked. I jumped into my car and then sped away while checking my mirrors for any cars that might be telling me. There was a dark vehicle in another line that pulled out after me and seemed to be going in the same way that I was. It could have been those men, or maybe just a coincidence, but I wasn't taking any chances. I traveled out of my way and in circles until the car was no longer in sight. It was at this point when my phone then started to ring. Normally I would just pick it up and say hello, but not this time. I knew who that caller was, and there was no way I was going to answer. It pretty much just rang until my voicemail picked up. Then it rang again. This continued all through the evening until I eventually just shut my phone off. I tried to have fun that night at the bar, but I really couldn't shake that creepy feeling. When I offered to be the sober driver for the evening, my friends kept asking if I was okay. I assured them I was fine, but just a bit tired. I watched everyone that night, but I didn't see that creepy duo anywhere. The next couple of months, my phone would ring and ring over and over every day, and then moved on to a few times a week. I took a break from picking up closing shifts and stuck to only working mornings in the cash office. I paid extra attention to everyone around me, especially when leaving work. Looking back, I probably should have told someone about this experience, but at the time, I was really embarrassed and angry that I even put myself into that situation. If I hadn't seen my number get passed along, who knows what could have happened if I had picked up that call, or if I'd met up with that stranger later that night. My name is Dylan. I work as a 911 operator. I'm in my mid-twenties and a little bit around six foot. I had gotten this job last year, but this incident's remained in my mind fully. Here's the story. My last day of work, I had got a call that would remain in my mind until my last breath. The call went something like this. 911, what's your emergency? I said. The person replied back with, yeah, um, this is going to sound a little strange, but there's a man stumbling around in circles in my front yard, a female voice said. It sounded like she was also in her mid-twenties. Um, could you repeat that, ma'am? I replied. She repeated what she told me, saying that there was a man in her front yard stumbling around, that he looked like he was sick or drunk. Then she said, I woke up to get a glass of water and I heard snow crunching around underneath my front window. So I peeked out and I'm looking right at him. He's about 10 yards away from my window, but something doesn't feel right. What's your address, ma'am? I said. She replied back, telling me her address. Okay, I'm going to send a squad car your way, but that's quite a way out there. Are you alone in your house, ma'am? To which she then replies that she's indeed alone. I then said back, Can you please confirm that all your doors and windows are fully locked? 
She stays on the phone with me. She tells me that her front door is locked, but that she'll have to go check her back door again. She then tells me, I really appreciate your help, by the way. I know this is kind of strange, but I really hope that... She then stopped, not even finishing her sentence. Ma'am? Ma'am, are you still there? I said. Is he still in your yard? Ma'am! Oh my god. He's still in the yard, but what the fuck? She said. He's upside down. Ma'am, stay on the phone with me. What's happening? He's staring right at me, but he's standing on his hands now. He's just perfectly still, staring right at me. She said into the phone, sounding paranoid. Um, he's standing on his hands? I said, this time a little uneasy. Before I could say another word, I heard loud, heavy footsteps on the other end of the line. Running footsteps along with the sound of glass breaking, followed along by the sound of screaming, then slicing noises. Ma'am? Ma'am, what the hell's going on? Are you okay? Hello? Are you still there? What the- I couldn't even finish my sentence as the line cut out. Well, about five minutes later, they then arrived at the caller's house. When the police managed to get there, they found the girl stabbed to death. That was one of the hardest calls I ever did, and I quit my job that day. I still have so many questions that remain in my mind to this day. What was she saying? Who was the man that she saw? Why the hell did he do this? And how was he on his hands not moving? And who came up from behind her? This call messed me up for a really long time, and I don't think I'll ever be able to dispatch ever again. I'll try not to make this too long, but I want to put this out there for kids and parents. Not even your employer can be trusted. So it was the summer of 2004. I was 15 years old at the time, and I was working weekends at a skate park, running the registers and keeping up shop. I was the only female employee working there. The reason I got the job, or I thought at the time, was because I used to hang out there a lot prior to being offered a position. They used to host events and hardcore slash rock shows a ton. Those were extremely fun, and the place where all my friends gathered for a good time, so we got to know the owners pretty well. Now, the two guys that owned the shop were in their 40s, overweight and balding. Typical older white guys, but they were extremely nice. Let's call them Doug and Mark. Doug was always more serious about the business. You know, always trying to come up with ideas to better it, and rarely ever joking around. He was also married with kids. Mark, on the other hand, seemed like Doug's minion. He was usually out running errands, making calls, or cleaning up the shop. He was a single guy. He was very outgoing and silly, so we always had a lot of fun with him around. Until one day, when all of the fun stopped. Before I tell you about the scariest moment of my life, I'll inform you of the events, or I'd like to call them red flags leading up to it. On one occasion, we were hosting a show where a local metal band was playing at. There were lots of people there, 
kids and adults alike were skating and running up and down the ramps and bowls, just generally having a good time. Then Mark suddenly came up behind me as I was talking with my friend Katie. He had picked me up and swung me over his shoulder and then started tickling me and spinning me around, right in the middle of the crowd. I laughed it off and was yelling for him to stop in a giggly voice, but I was honestly a bit creeped out as he had never ever touched me before, even in a friendly way. Even at 15, I found this inappropriate for a man in his 40s to be so touchy on me. After about a minute, he put me down and was then laughing and apologizing. I didn't think much of it anymore, and I thought maybe I was overreacting. A week or two went by, and I noticed that Mark was giving me flirty looks and sticking his tongue out at me whenever he was around. Again, didn't think too much of it, as he was a super nice guy. I thought he was just being funny. Well, one day Mark called me into the back. We had two doors right behind the register that led to our stock room, as Doug had set at the register on a business call. When we got to the back, he picks me up, sets me down on the washing machine, and he then tells me that he wants to kiss me. I automatically shut this shit down, but then he tries to persuade me to lift up my shirt for him. At this point, I'm really freaked out, and I'm just hoping Doug comes through those doors any second. Again, I firmly tell him, No! As I then hop down and proceeded to walk to the shop front again. That's when Doug opens the door, and then asks, Hey, what are you guys doing? Did Mark show you our butterfly collection? I just responded with, Oh, uh, no. And then I walked out. The two then follow me. The rest of the day was pretty uneventful, and I just wanted it to end. I usually got off work around 6 or 7, but around 5, Doug asked me to go with Mark to run some errands. He then jokingly said, Take my credit card, but don't give it to Mark. Then laughing. All I could think about was how awkward this ride was going to be as we hadn't talked since the incident earlier that day. I was really dreading this trip, but I had no idea what was about to unfold. We get in the car, and we drive to my high school, which was on the other side of town. It's in a medium-sized busy city, but about five minutes away from my house, and as we pull into the parking lot on our Saturday, I ask him what we're doing here. He responds by saying, I'm scouting out a new area for a skate park. It's behind the school here. This is when I start to get nervous, but I'm hoping it's true because I did know they were trying to expand locations at the time. He gets out of the car, and he then motions for me to get out and come along. I hesitantly do so. We start walking to the back of the school, and he's just talking about his visions of the new park. Nothing too serious. That's when we approach the woods. Not a wooded area, like straight-up dense forest-like woods, ones that you can barely walk through. That's when he says, Take my hand. Come on, I'll show you the spot. This is when all of the alarms go off in my head, and I then realize that I could be in real danger if I go along with this creep. In my head, I'm contemplating running, or just going along with him because I didn't know which one would make my situation worse at the time. I now know that I should have ran, 
This pondering seemed like it went on forever, when in reality it was probably only a few seconds. Thank God I paused for a second before making any decisions, because that's when my cell phone then rang. I honestly forgot that I had it on me. It was my mom asking me if she could pick me up early so we could go to dinner. That's when I tell her with a sense of urgency. Yeah, I'm at the high school. Come get me now. I think that she could hear the fear in my voice and then left immediately because she was there in less than five minutes. During those five minutes, I tell Mark I have to go and wait on my mom. He seemed agitated, but agreed, and then walked me to the front steps of the school to wait. He didn't say bye or anything. He just suddenly walked very briskly to his car. My mom shows up a couple of minutes later. I hop in quicker than I've ever done anything in my life. I just know I must have been shaking. I tell her I'm not in the mood to eat and to just drop me off at home. She asks if I'm okay, and I just say yes, and that me and a coworker were just scouting out an area for a new spot. I get dropped off at home, and I'm just shocked and full of fear. I quit working there that very day, and I never went back. I didn't explain anything to anyone, and I've only told my boyfriend and a couple of friends about what happened. I'm 100% convinced looking back on all the red flags and the fact that Doug didn't seem to trust Mark that if I'd went into those woods, I wouldn't be here today. Who knows what he would have done to me? Rape? Murder? Both? I don't know, but it's very weird when you survive something like that. It never really seemed real to me, but it very much was. I have a 12-year-old daughter now, and I always try to teach her all about safety and predators all the time. That kind of thing can change you, and change the parent you become. I actually have an update to this that was about two years later. Mark had called my house phone. I don't even know how he got my number, but he told me that he was in Istanbul, Turkey, and that he was about to open up a skate shop there. I literally just said, Yeah, please don't call me anymore then hung up. Luckily, my nightmare was over after that, but even just hearing from him was like talking to the devil. I really hope that man is dead or in jail so he can't hurt anyone else. I've always wondered if Doug ever found out about Mark, and if maybe Mark had to flee the country for a crime he committed or something, which landed him in Istanbul. This turned out to be longer than I intended, but my point is... As a woman or girl especially, never trust anyone who's been a creep to you. I don't really trust much of anyone anymore, and I don't think anyone can blame me for that. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always...